If you're looking to level up your points redemptions and make the most out of your points and miles, make sure you check out our step-by-step -step video tutorials on the GeoBreeze Travel YouTube channel. And if you're looking to level up your points earning game and get access to points earning techniques that you won't often find online, we're opening up for another cohort of my signature course, The Points Accelerator, very soon. You'll get access to exclusive offers like earning five points per dollar on fee-free Visa and MasterCard gift cards anytime you want without having to leave your couch to drive to Staples. Sign up for the waitlist by going to geobreezetravel.com waitlist and check out what some of our students have to say about the course. Hi, my name is Jonathan and I'm a student of the Points Accelerator program. It's been about six months since I've joined the Points Accelerator program back in September when it first launched. I'm so excited that I've just booked two business class tickets on a and I'll be flying from Washington to Haneda. Each ticket costs 85,000 a and points plus $700 taxes and fees per ticket. If I were to book these tickets for a cash price, it would have cost around $12,000 USD per ticket. So I'm really excited to be able to fly business class with ANA because each ticket costs so much when I'm paying in cash. This will be my first business class flight, so I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to be saving that much money with what I learned with the Points Accelerator program. I also really like that the program has a calendar that tracks all the current promotions, transfer bonuses, so I can keep track of everything in one place. we're going to see a lot of status matching this year opportunities new opportunities because brands are looking at this and they're going if an airline is willing to downgrade hundreds of thousands of customers admittedly these are not active as so active because obviously they'd otherwise retain it right but they're still in, they're still flying right they're still they're still doing stuff they're still still alive right still got a pulse and they're interested in, they're at least interested in it right and so we did we did a survey on statuscliff.com and we send out to tens of thousands of people. We said, if your airline or hotel downgrades you, what are you likely to do? As a bit of so, it goes through that. 86% of people said that if I'm downgraded, even if it's my own fault that I'm being downgraded, 86% said that they would shift some or all of their business to a different brand. Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from Mark Rossmith founder of Travel Data Daily and CEO of StatusMatch.com. Mark has run airline loyalty programs and consulted and advised across airline, hotel, and telco industries. Mark is a globally recognized, award-winning airline loyalty thought leader, and he's known as one of the brightest minds in loyalty. Mark's unique approach to loyalty has received industry acclaim, and his work is referenced in major media including CNN, BBC, South China Morning Post, The Star, The Economist, Financial Times, Executive Traveler, Skift, and many more. In this episode, Mark and I discuss the past, present, and future of status matching, and what to possibly expect from different loyalty programs if you want to get those coveted upgrades and other extra perks on your next flight or hotel stay. One of my favorite statuses is Hyatt Globalist, and one thing that makes earning status easier with Hyatt is having a world of Hyatt credit card. By putting expenses on the Hyatt business or personal cards, you can effectively get the requirements for earning Hyatt status reduced. If you're a business owner with large expenses, you can earn Hyatt Globalist status through the Hyatt business card even if you've never stayed at a Hyatt hotel before. Remember, if you decide to apply for the Hyatt business card, Hyatt personal card, or any other card, never apply directly through Google. Always use a friend or creator's referral link. If you're interested in supporting this show when you apply for your next card, check out geobreezetravel.com cards. And if you're not sure what card is right for you, I offer free credit card consultations at geobreezetravel.com consultations. We have links to the world of Hyatt cards and the free consultation form for you in the show notes as well. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. 
We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. Hey, Mark, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hey, Julia, it's great to be with you. Great to have you here. I am excited to talk about one of my favorite topics today, which is status matching, because whenever people ask how I have status with Hyatt, Delta, American Airlines, MGM, Caesars, Wyndham, and a whole bunch of places I don't actually stay with. Yeah, I don't actually stay at that many hotels. I don't fly nearly as much as the internet makes it appear. I get a lot of those statuses through status matching. So I'm excited to chat with you today about all the ways that people can do that. But before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the game of points and miles and status matching and everything else related to being a frequent flyer? Sure. So I'm a 20-year veteran on Fly Talk. I guess that's how it all started. I'm kind of showing my age here. But in 2002 or three, it was, I believe. And that, that's kind of when I got really interested in it because I wanted free upgrades. Just starting out my business travel journey at that age. And, you know, I wanted free upgrades. I was living in Australia at the time and Qantas has a pretty good business class product. And I'm like, how do I score these things? Because I ain't paying thousands of dollars to sit up front. How do I get this? but cheap. <laughs> so that's kind of where it all started. And, you know, I started meeting a lot of people along that journey, a lot of people on Flytalk and some of these other forums at the time. And, you know, you start meeting up in person, you share your tips and tricks and stuff like that. And then that's kind of what kickstarted the whole getting into this stuff. And, you know, once you've got that bug, it never really leaves. It's not like you take a pill and it goes away. You've got it for life. It's You're stuck with it. So anyone else out there has got the same thing. Oh, many, many listeners know what you're talking about where business class across the Pacific or across the Atlantic has completely ruined economy for them on international flights. So they just get deeper and deeper into the points and miles game. We've had a couple episodes about Australia on the show and the consensus is generally it's way harder to earn points and upgrades for everybody who lives in a country where you guys have government sponsored maternity leave. So how were you able to earn a lot of those upgrades and a lot of those points. And it's a little bit harder for everybody outside of the US. Yeah, you're right. Pretty tricky now, especially with, you know, there's a lot of demand as well for people traveling across Trans-Pacific. So I've been fortunate that I started this back in the day, back in the black and white days and the sort of mid to late 2000s when I was doing a lot of uh, Australia, US trips. And you know, I'd paid my way basically flying a lot, got a platinum status as a top with Qantas at the time. And, you know, back in those days, it, it was really, really straightforward. If you had status, no matter what seat you were buying, the chance of you getting an upgrade, pretty high, you know? So, you know, a lot of times I'd, I'd book that economy seat or I'd use points for, to redeem, which back then are actually very good value. Even a lot of redemption seats, I'd get upgrades to business class as well. And, you know, you're talking 12, 13 hour business upgrade, like that's that's a good deal. Even if you're using points, suddenly the, the value of the points, even if you think it's a really terrible redemption, you get a free upgrade, doesn't matter at that point. That were the, we'll call them the glory days, yeah? It's a little bit different, I think, these days, you know, where there's a lot of demand. Airlines are more sophisticated in terms of how they sell seats now. You know, so to, to snap up that redemption or to get an upgrade, just a little bit harder, I think. And I think that's where uh, podcasts like this and, you know, some of these forums and blogs, I think is really valuable because you can start to learn some of these tips and tricks that it, it's ever evolving. You know, I mean, things that work for me, say 10, 5, 10, 20 years ago, just don't apply these days. Back in the day, it was dress up in a nice suit, smile at check-in, chat up the little girl there and you get an upgrade. Doesn't work like that these days, sadly. <laughs> 
Did it ever actually work like that? I thought that was just like a myth that that once upon a time actually worked. I'm just going with it. Never happened to me, but I'm just going with it because it sounds like a good story and why not, right? I don't actually know anybody who's actually gotten an upgrade that way. I thought it was just like this long running joke that, oh, if they think you're a business traveler and you're dressed super nice, I was thinking maybe if it worked, it was like 1980 or something way back when. If you say these two magic words at check-in, you'll get an upgrade. Revenue management. Mm, yes, Doesn't the work. revenue management secret password <laughs> does not work. It's not like the secret Kimpton password where if you say things like the snuggle is real or no more sweatpants, they give you free drinks or something at Kimpton hotels. Yeah, that doesn't work with airlines. If you just say the words revenue management, like open sesame, they're not going to just let you into business class with that. If anybody's ever read that myth on the internet. I've heard it's a secret handshake now. So, you know, you've got to be up to date with the secret, whatever that is. And then, then you get an upgrade. This is why people follow all of the different Instagrammers and why people on Instagram just post nonsense sometimes about, oh, yeah, you say the secret password address the secret way or book your flights on a Tuesday. None of that is real. I don't think so. Those days are long gone, I think. Yeah. So when you were traveling back and forth a lot and you were able to get status the good old fashioned way with Qantas during the glory days when it was a lot easier to get upgrades, how did you then decide, oh, I want status with? other airlines as well did that get you into status matching or how did you even come across the concept of status matching i had a, a business in australia i sold that in 2013 and at that point i decided i would live overseas i would live in a new country and so i shipped myself off to hong kong because i like asia i like hong kong busy happening city and so at that point i was already like VIP status at Qantas, I had this new super elite tier and I'd, I'd hit that. And in Hong Kong, I thought, you know, I want to live here. This is an awesome city and I want a status match because I want to fly Cathay more, forgetting the whole one more thing for a second here. I want to fly Cathay and I hear their, their diamond status, which was their top, you know, has got some cool unofficial perks. And I thought, I, I want this, but I, I don't want to start from the bottom. Yeah. And I, in my mind, I'd proven myself with one airline right? And why can't I just get a status match? So I, I asked Cathay Pacific for a status match and they said, no. I actually, they, they said, they said, we'll give you silver, right? I'm like, dudes, I'm up here and you're offering me something down here. That's not a match. That's, it's a slap in the face, right? So I thought this is a bit odd. Why, why wouldn't they want me as a, like, keep on, just a sole business, effectively unemployed at this point, bit of money, but unemployed. What am I going to do next, right? I thought, I'm going to investigate this. Like, why do Ellen's not want people like this right why are they just so quick off the bat just to say no that's what effectively started the whole status match sort of getting into this game right and now i'd, I'd not work for an airline at that point i'm not i'm just a frequent flyer like the millions of other people out there yeah and so i decided i started paying my way to industry events i started just going to airline events to loyalty events just paying my way in, and they're not cheap like they're thousands of dollars to get in right and because you know, think about it, like if you want to learn about the business of airline or hotel loyalty, how do you learn about that? You can't. There's no Google course. There's no university. There's no, you've got to basically work at an airline or hotel, right? And so I sort of got into that. And, and what I realized is that there was no standard process. There was no standard way that airlines or hotels were doing status matching. And status matching as a concept has been around since at least 1986. So it's not a new thing. Right. So you think airlines that have this figured out at this point, you know, this is a custom acquisition tool. We've got people that are gold, diamond, platinum, whatever, presumably spending tens of thousands of dollars with another brand, right? 
I want them as a customer, right? Like if if someone wants to be my customer, is that I'm gonna spend ten thousand bucks with you? I'm gonna reply to your email in the, in sixty seconds. You know, I'm on my phone driving. To, oh yeah, I'll take your money, right? Where airlines. You email them, say, can I get a status match? And they just sit on it for six weeks and they say, oh, maybe we'll get back to you, right? It's just really terrible customer experience. So I thought, thought someone's got to fix this. Some, and I thought that that's kind of really what drove the momentum behind starting statusmatch.com and sort of figure out what I needed from there to sort of piece things together to effectively solve it on behalf of the industry because the industry had not managed to pull its socks up at that point, I will say. I have so many follow-up questions. So first of all, who even attends loyalty program conferences? Is this just for the industry or how are you getting into this? It's just they sell tickets to the public to which zero people would be interested in paying $2,000 to go to an industry meeting. Fun fact, first industry event too was in Amsterdam. It was a travel loyalty event, 2014, February 2014. Funny enough, it was a redemption ticket to get there. I think it was about $2,000 I paid to get in. Like It was not a cheap thing. It's, it's a B2B, right? So it's program managers, people add out. It's just not travel hackers, not frequent flyers. And, you know, first 10 minutes of listening to some of these talks, I realized that I knew a lot more than I thought I did. And just like you do and millions of other people out there, you see, people when they work at airlines and hotels, they're, they're very... Box, they're smart people, don't get me wrong, very smart, but they're, they're very focused on this. Like, I work at an airline, right? I think if you work in an airline, you don't have the credit card. Why do you need it? You get free flights. You don't need miles, right? And when you do fly, you're on a staff ticket. It's cheap. You're paying 50 bucks for a first class cross country flight, right? You go to a different check in area, you got a different booking process. If you don't get on the flight, you get a refund, right? You got the experience you go through as an employee is vastly different to you and me and a lot of other people out there. And so there's a bit of a disconnect. So when they approach, when they come to decision-making in the loyalty program, like, should I do this? Should, I, should we do this? That's why they have focus groups. That's why they ask frequent flyers because then themselves personally, they've never sat in that back row on a 12-hour flight, middle seat with three screaming babies behind them and you need to get home for a meeting to see grandma, whatever it is, right? They just haven't done that. Oh, and you paid $10,000 for that ticket, right? Because it's last minute. They've never done that in their lives. Not all, a lot, right? And you think that decision-making flows over into when they're thinking about the program and that's why they have to get external advice because they themselves just don't have, have less of that experience. And so being at these conferences, you kind of realize in the room, this is this is a job for them, right? Whereas for you and me and everyone else, like it's a, it's a lifestyle factor. You know, we, we kind of we like doing the points that game. You know, we like the redemptions. We we like going to the airport early too, because you know I have to go to this lounge at LAX. I can get into the Qantas first lounge and I can have the steak and all the champagne. They're all oh, yeah, like we're we're thinking I got to get there four hours ahead so I can drink three bottles of champagne. So it's worth eight hundred dollars before I can get on the flight. Whereas an airline employee is that good. What's the last possible minute I can get to the airport? You know, what, it's, it's just a very, very vastly different experience. So attending these events, they do exist. There's quite a lot of them, not cheap. It's very industry focused. And, uh, you know, learning the business side of stuff is, is really, really quite fascinating. What year was this when you went to the first conference and they were like, oh, we don't want to give out status matches to people who are spending $10,000 because... The world has vastly changed since whatever year this was. That's 2014, right? It has changed a little bit since then. I mean, 
fast forward a little bit in there. So between then and launching status, we launched statusmanage.com about two years ago, uh, middle of pandemic. And between then, I managed to get a job at an airline and basically we'll call it work experience, but it wasn't, it was, it was really great to see the inside of that. So I, I ran loyalty at Malaysia Airlines. I had a loyalty at Malaysia Airlines and I ran their first status match as well. I thought, you know, let's get some customers. I'll run a status match. It was kind of a challenge, you know, that had mixed results, I will say, but learned a lot, you know, and really learned why airlines are more reluctant to it from the inside, right? Because it's not every day you bump into the director of loyalty in airline and you, they're not going to tell you why they're doing a status match. Right, they'll give you some answer like, "Oh, it's ROI is not there," or you know, "Or it devalues the product," or so, something like that. And that's not the real reason. But the real reasons are someone in management doesn't like the idea, or you know, so, someone's John. John spent hundred thousand dollars get his platinum status, and you want to give this away for free, you know? Or fraud. Fraud's another big factor why they don't do it. Sometimes the airlines in some alliances have restrictions around how they can give out statuses and they've got limits and all sorts of stuff, which is why you see some airlines more proactive in this space and others less so because they've got sort of these other moving parts around them they need to manage as well. So do airlines want new customers? I think some do these days, some less so, and some just haven't seen the light yet. They haven't seen what's like status matching say 10 years ago vastly different to what it is today it's totally different like in the us it's actually about co-brand credit card acquisition right so if you've got status with an airline the chance of you getting that credit card the airline skyrocket at that point right and airline loyalty programs as we all know can be worth more than the airline itself right and that's driven by the credit card so in a lot of ways the airline generalizing in some ways the airline doesn't want you to fly they just want you to get the credit card because there's more value in you doing that and what's the best way to, to get you that? Give a status match. That's a great point. That's how I get a lot of my statuses. I do stay at quite a few Hyatt hotels, but honestly, if you have a business or just a lot of expenses in your life and you have the world of Hyatt credit card, for those of us who are stateside, you spend $120,000 in your business, which is nothing for a lot of business owners, automatic top tier global status. If Worst case, you put, I forget exactly the number, $200,000, $240,000 on an American Airlines credit card, executive platinum status. So, so you can get top tier status with a couple programs really easily just by getting those cards. You're completely right. I wanted to circle back to how you mentioned fraud. How are airlines guarding against that? Because there are a ton of people on Reddit and Flyer Talk and I know some of them, who will Photoshop up different loyalty cards and be like, look, I totally have Mosaic with JetBlue. Please status match me over to this other thing. How do airlines even guard against that? Until we came along, there was no safeguard at all. Zero. And airlines kind of just, you know, imagine if you run a big above-the-line status match campaign, right? Let's rewind a few years. And let's say this, I'm making it up. 5,000 people apply, you know, send you an email because that's that used to be the way to send us an email, send a screenshot, you know, and write a short story about begging for status of why you're moving to this city or your travel, whatever, right? Some nonsense thing you just had to put there. That was the, the old clunky way, right? And if you think about it, if you got 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 emails, people applying, right? The person going through these emails starts looking at a lot of screenshots, right? And they can start comparing them. Right, because one of them is real, at least. Right, two of them real, three of them like hopefully most, hopefully all, but they're not. Right, big chunk are not. Like we've seen, 
you know, it's not uncommon to see 50% fraud rate, illegitimate stuff, right? Can be that high. We obviously knock that down to an extremely low, almost zero number with the brands we work with a lot of the time. But, you know, most part, Photoshopping doesn't get you too far these days because there's ways to verify status. There's ways to verify if you're on like a trial status or a challenge with an airline. We centralize a lot of this as well. So, you know, if you apply for a status function with one airline that we work with and then another one we work with, say, a year later, we see that. We protect the brands that we work with. Obviously, it's not in their interest for you to probably, everyone's familiar with chain matching. You know, you get status with one, you use that to get to the next one, that to get the next one. Let's not talk about casinos for a second. The uh, merry-go-round. <laughs> it's so popular where you just match from Hyatt to MGM, then MGM back to Hyatt, and then you go back and forth. And then same with Caesars and Wyndham. People are so upset that Caesars doesn't match to MGM anymore. But if you have Hyatt status and you have a Wyndham business earner credit card, you can do the back and forth merry-go-round every year. Get that Caesars $100 dinner credit every year. It's a great deal. You can do it. I go for it. You know, I was at an industry event just a few months ago, and there was someone from a well-known airline telling me how they personally do this as well. So it's not just the what we'll call travel hackers thing. It's people work at airlines do this as well. They know about it. Not everyone, but I don't know how long that'll last, but totally milk it while you can, right? Because why not? At least you guys are guarding against fraud a little bit. And hopefully that also makes it so that there are more status matches in the future. Because I imagine if some airline did a campaign and 50% of the applications that came through were illegitimate and they were people who don't actually spend any money that would ruin it for a lot more people as well. So when you first came up with statusmatch.com and the idea and you founded this during the pandemic, what was that transition like from running loyalty at Malaysia Airlines and then going over to say, I'm going to build this new thing for statusmatch.com? What was the idea behind it and how does it work? Early 2020, obviously, airlines were screwed. That's the right word, I think. And being in the industry, I thought, if I want to stay in this industry, I need to help the industry, right? I help the industry, it helps me. That's loosely the logic. In definitely my part of the world, in Asia, the planes were all grounded, right? No one was flying. And at the same time, airlines were like, how do we get cash? You know, what do we do? Do we go to governments? We beg for the money? You know, this kind of stuff. And I thought, I'm pretty good at starting businesses. I've done that before and hey, I've got this experience in airlines before as well. And what could I do? Like what's my, not, I'm not curing cancer, but I'm out there just shining a little light in my little corner of the world, right? What could that be? And I thought, you know, status, but if anyone was ever going to start a status match platform system, like who would that be? Realistically, it's got to be someone that understands the airline side, understands the consumer side, right? And sort of blends them together. Right, takes like, you know, what works in each of them and sort of make that work. I thought I'll do it. There's me and a couple other guys. The other couple of guys we founded with both of them have run airline multi programs as well. You know, so we sort of got our heads together and thought, what could this look like? We started building some stuff. And we had a pretty good prototype, and so we went to approach Frontier Airlines at the time. This is in late 2020, and we said, look, guys, they'd just run a status match a few months prior, and we said, we've got this great system. I think we can make you some money. This is totally new. And so effectively launched the world's first paid status match where you paid $49 to apply for a status match. And it was a, it was a very structured process. So it wasn't send an email with a screenshot. It was like page one, name, email, you know, page two, tell us about the program, page three, and, and then payment, obviously. And 
This is the first time the world had really seen a proper paid status match offer that was 50 bucks is reasonable, maybe cheap. And the uptake on that was, was extremely high, a lot of demand for it. And you know, I remember one of the bloggers saying, you know, this is very on point for, for Frontier charging for a status match, like just trying to ancillary the heck out of everything, right? So it, that, that kind of worked well with their theme, did really well. And obviously we ran another one with them. And that opened up the idea of making money from status matches for Ella, because traditionally just been free. Right, it's just that's just how it rolls. But it's free. But you know, twenty years ago, bags for free on every airline as well, and now then they're not effectively unless you've got status or some waiver. And so this has kind of opened up some airlines' idea on what status matching means, how you can monetize it. We've got all sorts of crazy stuff that we've built into the bracket. We build upsells and things like that. Right. So let's say you match. You've got like a silver level over here. You match to a silver level on this airline. But imagine if you get, it offers you like, hey, for an extra, I'm making it up, $200, how would you like gold with this airline instead, right? So you're not matching anymore, you're getting like a one-up, right? And you're paying for it. And this ha this has a lot of really great benefits because as a frequent flyer matching, right? You, you're basically looking at, I'm, I'm effectively buying status at this point, right? For cheap. Because if you go to an airline and you just, if you go to like American Airlines and say, I want to buy executive platinum, just how much does it cost me? Right. I have nothing. How much do I have to pay? They'll, they'll come back to you and say, $50,000. It'd be some ludicrous amount that no one would ever do. Right. So, so effectively turning status matches as an idea into a proper product that can be ancillarized and help airlines obviously get new customers. So it's what we'll call it legitimate customers. Like if you think about it, if you pay 50 bucks, 100 bucks for a match, right? Are you going to use it? Yes, it's yes. Right? You're much more likely to stay at the hotel, to fly the airline because you're like, I'll show them, I'll use it now. I'll spend the X dollars to fly. I'll, I'll at least try it out, right? In which case, that's that's all the airline could ever ask for. They've then at that point, then generated incremental revenue they would never have received without offering that status match. Right. And so that's like one of about 10 different benefits that effectively it's good for the airline. And if you really think about it, it's actually good for the freaking flyer at the same time. I didn't know that you guys were the ones behind that frontier status match. That's super cool. And I think that's a really interesting just kind of look into the future of what status matches would be like, where there is some nominal fee, $50, $100, and then you can jump the line in status. And I think a lot of people are trying to do that where they're like, how do I get globalist really fast? How do I get executive platinum really quickly? Or United 1K, is there a, just a credit card I can apply for and then pay the annual fee? Not with a lot of them. Like Hilton Aspire is the only credit card that really has like top tier status that just comes with the card. But with these types of status matches, you could effectively just pay some fee and then get top tier status. That's super cool. What are some of the brands that you are most excited about where you're like oh, status has historically been really difficult to get with this brand but if we offered up some kind of status match it would be really beneficial for this brand and people would get really excited for it as well you know what i love about this is this is blending my just like you stuff that i love doing with business right and obviously it's a full-time job for me doing this so I get to talk to airlines all day about status matching, which is fantastic. I know a lot of airline people around the world. And there's a lot of education there, right? Showing them how it works, 
like they know what a status match is, but they don't know how good it can be, right? It's like saying you you know what a car is, right? And here's your 30-year-old Toyota that you're sort of driving around. And I come along with this Lamborghini and I say, check this out, right? And you look at it and you go, yeah, gets me from A to B. <laughs> how practical is it? What's the ROI? You start asking these stupid questions. But you get in your test drive it and you're like, this is amazing, right? I need this. And that's that's pretty much how it goes when we talk to airlines once they once you get through that education barrier their minds light up to possibilities like we never thought about this and what about this and we could target corporates doing this other thing over here and we can make money out of doing this as well and there is zero cost to work most of the brands we work with we don't charge them it's free because uh, we charge a customer right we, we can offload all the customer support to you guys because you know airlines god forbid you want to call some some airlines you can't even call anymore looking at you frontier so taking that doing the heavy lifting for them i think is being pretty beneficial and why a lot of them are sort of come on board with us and you know we're obviously talking a lot and sign up more all the time but there's definitely that sort of education part there you know we we pitch things to airlines that they'd never thought of probably remember about a year ago was the a big air canada status match uh in conjunction with the canadian government with the tour, uh, destination Canada as a tourism marketing board there. It was kind of a three-way thing where we we sort of hooked it all up for them. So we, we actually went to both of them and pitched it to them. We said, hey, look, we see this opportunity here. Why don't you do it? And so there's a bunch of airlines, hotels as well out there where opportunities, some come to us and we basically take it to the airline and say, look, you've never thought of this before. You haven't done it before. Here's why you should do it. And we come with the airline logic, like internally how they would pitch it internally and get it across the line. Whereas, you know, if you go reading Points Guy or something like that, you know, you sort of you sort of look at it and it's very consumer focused and, you know, why should you do status matching and people doing this and then chain match? It, it's a different story. So we kind of help connect the dots in that way for airlines and hotels to make it a little bit easier for them to start this journey on customer acquisition in ways they most of the time have never done before. You mentioned you don't charge the airlines for this service. How does statusmatch.com make money? Yeah, a lot of brands we work for free. We charge the consumer. So if you, like the Frontier example I saw earlier, like in 2020, 2021, we charged application fee. And obviously, you know, the economics of that mean that we can effectively charge the customer instead of the airline. There's a bit more to it than that, obviously. Some airlines we work with, they want to give free a free status match to the customer. You know, again, the economics behind that slightly different but we just try to make it really easy for you know the brands we work with and the customers people there is a willingness to pay for a status match i will say that and there's a lot of benefits actually of charging people are more serious about it you know they think twice do i really want this or not you know do i am i willing to pay the hundred dollars or whatever it is now as demand increases for status match we'll see probably the prices rise a little bit because of that at the end of the day an airline doesn't want a million people doing it right like Think about big three US airlines. They've probably only got a million elites each, right? And so they can't really add another million. You know, like it would destroy their lounges. Like they'd be overcrowding. You got to think about if someone like Delta had a million new elites tomorrow, right? Half of them go flying over to Europe on KLM and Air France and stuff, right? Suddenly all their lounges are, you know, busy. Suddenly airlines making less money from bag fees and seat selection and all sorts because the you know they're not charged for a lot of elites right there's a bit of management around volume as well generally i think i think this is definitely the trend we're going to see more fees but in a way that adds value not just a let's just charge you more right because we can i think there's got to be a real ad value add behind it and so 
that's that's effectively where we come in. If you could be gifted any status in the world from like any airline or any hotel where they just kind of give you on a silver platter, here's top tier status with our program. Which one would you pick? What do you think is like the best value status out there that you've ever seen? Which of your brand partners do you love most? <laughs> I have to share this podcast with them just to get extra brownie points, I think. I'll tell you a story. I hope this won't answer it, but it might. So end of last year, I was in Europe for a bunch of conferences and I, I flew Emirates on the way there. I paid my own way. No freebie tickets there. And we work with Emirates there at their clubhouse that said, you know, hey, let's let's catch up. I got transit in Dubai. And, you know, they're like, oh, I'll, we'll come to the lounge and meet you, right, for, for breakfast. I thought that was nice. Little did I know they'd flagged my ticket, done some sort of magic thing to it, where to the point where when I walked into the airport here in Malaysia, this lady from Emirates sort of came running over to me and said, are you Mr. Ross Smith? I'm like, yes, yeah. We've been expecting you. Let me take your bags, right? And I, I've just walked in the front door. I, I don't know if you, you've been obviously to KLA Airport. Yeah, the front door to the check-in is a good 20, 30 meters kind of thing or feet. And so that was the start of that experience. And I sort of got VIP'd through the whole thing, right? Escorted to the lounge. You know, she said, do you want to be first aboard the aircraft or last aboard today? You know, I thought that was nice. I'll be first. Be, I want to beat the women and children and <laughs> in the tree and everyone else. And Anyway, well, long story short, that obviously flowed over into the transit in Dubai and all sorts of stuff. And I was treated extremely well. And I was told that was what they've got a very special invitation only level above their platinum tier. I was told that was more or less the kind of the treatment that that gets, that tier gets. So if I was to choose one, I'd choose that based on the experience because it was damn phenomenal, really, really phenomenal. And a lot of these is actually light touch stuff as well it's not hard benefits i was platinum one with Qantas for a while which is like they're kind of like their concierge key type level there i got like a lot of hard benefits there you know i got a lot of tickets to sporting events and got to fly with john travolta on his 707 library aircraft back in the day that was kind of cool uh, obviously doesn't have that plane anymore so i got a lot of those kind of benefits but you know at the end of the day if you're a frequent flyer if you're flying a lot what you actually value the most no one likes to hear this but it's true it's it's when you fly you want things to go right Right, it it you should it should just feel so effortless when you fly and everything, the the water should just part when you come to walk. Do you know what I mean? There shouldn't be any lines anywhere, no queues. It should just be really easy. And I think any status that provides that is one that I would want if I'm flying a lot. I would actually go the other direction because I ask this to a lot of people whenever I'm at like a points meetup or anything. Like, what status would you choose given to you on a platter? And most people would choose an airline status because they're like, oh, I want to fly like the super nice Emirates first class or Singapore suites or Etihad apartments or the Etihad residences or anything like mm -hmm. that. But I think there's like a limit to how nice it can be on the plane. What you mentioned about skipping lines and everything, that is definitely priceless from a convenience standpoint. But there's only so many seats on the plane. They don't have like a secret invitation only section of the plane. I think with hotels, I think that exists where they can get you like there. It always seems like there's a secret nicer room where most of the time it's not even eligible for upgrades. It's not on your radar. They can get food for you from like whatever city you're in, like the nicest restaurant, the concierge from hotels can do all sorts of fun things that way. So I think whatever the invitation only level is for like Marriott hotels or Hyatt hotels or something like that, where you can't get to it with normal status matches or with normal credit card spend or normal stays, that is the 
status I would want on a silver platter is whatever the secret hotel invitation only statuses are. That's really interesting, you know, hotels doing that. I, I agree with you, by the way. Hotels should really talk more about this. You know, I know brands don't really like to advertise their VIP stuff, but like it's kind of like back in the day where American Express is like, oh, we don't talk about the black card, right? Remember this, like, maybe too young to remember back in the day, right? And, and it had this sort of mystery about it. You know, you didn't, you, you knew it was there, but you didn't really know a lot. And and you'd heard some things over here and here, and that the people like because status drives human behavior effectively every we want to look good we want to drive fast car we want to the gold card like it drives a lot of our behavior irrational behavior really and you know people wanted the black card because they'd heard about it right so imagine if you'd hear you'd heard about this hotel does da, 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 they got this secret special room if you got like even just knowing about it i think you know i think i think it could be some benefit in hotels just putting it out there you know not some you know, necessarily Instagram influencer with a billion followers, you know, go go in and start doing stories and stuff. But getting more about that could be pretty interesting because it's kind of like brand advertising. What would you call it? It's almost like a halo effect on the brand. Like it's it's like I know it's there, but I never get to it. But doesn't matter because I stayed at the hotel that has the bowling alley in this room or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Not not that you actually stayed there. It's just they've got it. Yeah, when I stayed at the St. Regis in New York City, I was like, okay, what's like the nicest room we could be upgraded to that we weren't even upgraded to? And that was like, there was the Madison suite and I think there was like a park suite or something else like that. But then when we got to the room, there was a book about like the history of the St. Regis, New York. And there was like the Tiffany suite, Tiffany being like Tiffany the jewelry company. And it was decorated in like Tiffany blue and they had decorations of jewels. I don't know if they just made that up for this book. I obviously didn't just go around the hotel to try to find the Tiffany suite, but they have those things where it's not even on the upgrade radar. So whatever secret status can get you into those things, that would be the aspirational dream for me. Partially like just because it's yeah. so, so secretive and because nobody even knows about it. It's like when you find out about points and miles and then you realize 90% of your friends don't even know about it. And you're like, I feel so special that I even know about the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Just knowing about that Tiffany suite, I want to be whoever gets invited into that suite. Agree. So do you guys work with hotels very much with statusmatch.com since we've been talking about hotels for a bit or is it mostly just focused on airline status matching? We've mostly been focused on airlines. We do some sort of unofficial things with hotels, I will say, below the line stuff to help some brands. Airlines are more clued on to this space, I think. You know, they've, they've been doing it for a long time. They get it. You know, they understand the economics of the work, how it works. And, and hotels are definitely more focused on challenges, status challenges, totally different economics and how that works. And if you are listening to this and you do work for a hotel, hit me up though, because, you know, we'd love to work with you. I think I think we'll see more hotels come onto our platform though. It's interesting because what we found is people contact mail on a hotel and they get ghosted effectively. They don't get a reply or the, or the hotel might say, yeah, sure. Like my Cathay Pacific example, here's the silver status we'll give you, right? So guys, come on. And what happens is that no, 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 no that people have been getting over the years, right? People just stopped asking. Right, they've trained people to stop asking, right? Because people tell their friends, you know, you go to the points meetups and stuff, and it's like, oh, don't bother with blah 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 brand because they just say no, right? So what happens is people come to us 
So th- we actually see demand across the board from all uh, airlines and hotels and stuff. And demand for status matching today is, is higher than it's ever been, I think, probably in history. It's huge. It absolutely, it's off the charts. And some of that is driven by hotels and airlines just saying no, sadly. You know, it'd be nice if they had a way to say yes for once. Absolutely. So I was looking through statusmatch.com and explain a little bit how does the interface work for somebody who's not on the brand side, who's more from the consumer side and like, hey, what status matches can I even get? How do they use your site in order to do that? Yeah, pretty I keep in mind we're a startup too, so I'll keep that in mind. Not a big multi-billion dollar company. So two things, primary things. One is you can register, it's free. You can add your statuses. So you go, you know, I want to add my height globalist, you know, I want to add my American platinum, you know, add that there. There's a bunch of brands we work with on an ad hoc basis, you know, like Emirates is probably one of the good example where, you know, there's, there's effectively a rule set behind that. And Emirates is sort of saying, you know, what kind of, what customers will we accept through a status match, right? And so we know pretty quickly if you'd qualify for that or not, right? And if you do, you know, it, it lets you go through a process where you could apply for a status match there. We let you waitlist for, so this is a lot of brands, where effectively what you do is you kind of register your interest, right? And this is really helpful. So if you go in there and you say, I want to register my interest with someone like Delta, right? If you don't work with Delta, we go to Delta and we say, hey, look, we've got a thousand people that really want a status match with you. This is the profile. We don't say who they are, but here's the profile. You know, this is about what we think they spend. This is the value of them. This many have a Cobra and credit card, all this kind of stuff. And that sort of unlocks opportunity, below the line opportunities. So I highly suggest go just register free just because it helps us actually go out and get more deals. I mean, there's a lot on there already, but you know, it helps us sort of bring in more brands, especially the obscure ones or the really big ones, which otherwise wouldn't ever run a status match promotion. So there's a bit of that. And then obviously, if we do something really big with a brand, which we've done quite a lot of, is there'll be a separate sort of site. So if you go to somewhere like Latam Airlines, if you go like latam.statusmatch.com, you can see a, a branded page that is created for them. And that's like a, a process. It's just for them, you know, you sort of apply. There's, there's different eligibility criteria and all sorts of stuff there. So when a big campaign comes out, you know, if you've registered on our site, we tell you about it straight away, right? So you don't have to wait for a blogger or Instagram or someone to say, hey, check this out. It's like just straight on there. You know, getting an email from us and saying, hey, hey, Julia, you've got this American gold status that qualifies for XXXXX, click here. And just click it and just straight through a process really, really solid because we try to make it easy and fast, right? Because, you know, I've we've all been there where you email an airline or hotel and you're basically begging for status at that point. Can I please get it? I'm moving to the city. I promise to stay 80 nights with you this year. <laughs> please give it to me. Um, and, you know, so we, we just try and make it as easy for everyone as possible. We give, you go through a process, we give you a tracking number as well. So we tell you, like, you can actually track your status match and see, like, some people get it within, you know, a minute. Right. Some people, you know, it takes a little bit longer, but we try and do things as fast as possible because that's what we would want. You know, that's what that's what I, that's what I would want as a customer. I'd want as fast as possible. Because I tell you one thing, all for also the airlines this thing. No one books at, at the hotel room or books an airline ticket until they've got the status match. Right. That it's the it's the status that's driving the booking. Right. So if an airline takes four weeks to upgrade you, right, you're not going to book anything in that four weeks of that brand, right? Probably not highly likely you won't and so getting that into the account as fast as possible is um 
shortening that is what's kind of like a revenue window. So if they if you got a status upgrade like that overnight, right, you're there the next day going, I'm safe to book with this brand now because I'm platinum now, right? I know I'm going to get the XYZ benefit. Whereas if it's not on your account yet, you're sort of taking a gamble of, will I get it by the time that I check in? And there's all this sort of stuff that sort of comes into play. So speed, speed is, is key. And that's why we try to really excel as well. I love that idea of having the tracking number and figuring out what even happened because there's so many things on the internet where you're like, I'm going to submit this application and it's just in the ether, which in the points world is super scary. If you're like, I'm going to transfer some points and oh, that three days where you transfer Amex points into ANA and then it's just like in the ether and then you just pray that your award availability doesn't disappear. I think it's just human nature to hate that feeling of the waiting and the not knowing. So I love that there's a tracking number to say, here's what's going on with your status match application. We're on it. Somebody's on it. It'll be another day or somebody looked at it. And then just either just knowing what's going on is such a comfort to people. I don't know about you, but like when I, you know, ordering an Uber or anything like that, I'm obsessing. I'm looking at the damn map on my phone, seeing the little guy, his little car or his bike or whatever, you know, like, oh, is it two minutes away, three minutes going down the street? I love that stuff. I'm totally obsessed. So that's kind of where this, I mean, obviously we don't have a map of the guy driving on his car <laughs> on a status match, but similar idea, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to know, you know, up to date and then receiving alerts on that as well. So then you you just you know exactly when it's going to hit your account. Uh, I like that. I love that. Yeah, I love progress bars so much more than just like the spinny wheel on computers where it's just like it's loading. I'm like, it is it is it actually loading? How close is it to loading? So I love that there's this tracking feature on there, and this is all free for somebody to do. Right? They just go to statusmatch.com and they don't have to pay an application fee or anything. Or you can, you, I mean, you register details for free if there's a if there's a brand that you're eligible to status match with that's available um most of them will have a fee associate those fees do vary anywhere between 29 and 199 dollars depending on the brand it's like emirates is you know at the upper end of that um so there are fees for that but you know if it's not approved for whatever reason like nine times out of ten it is but if it's not it's refunded anyway so there's, there's sort of no risk if you don't get it yeah and you guys have a lot of loyalty programs that you support that are listed on your site. Just to go through a few of these, you guys partner with all of these, Aegean Airlines, Aeromexico, Air Asia, Air Canada, Air China. These are just the ones that start with Air, Air India, Air New Zealand, Alaska Airlines, ANA, American Airlines, Asiana, Avianca. That's just the ones that start with A. You partner with all of these? Uh, I would love to say yes, but it is it is not not quite a yes. A lot, a lot of those are, are waitlisting. So it's kind of like we don't work with some of them yet. And when you kind of register your interest with them, it it helps us get more on board, right? Which is actually good for everyone, right? Because you know, a lot of these brands, you mentioned some of those brands you mentioned have never run a status match in their life ever, right? And sort of getting them into the fold, getting them into this is actually part of the challenge as well. And so we see this as the fastest way to get more brands on board especially now because julie you said you got what six statuses or seven or seven? Oh, i have many statuses i have american airlines platinum pro which is about to become executive platinum i had JetBlue mosaic it may or may not have expired i think my delta platinum expired i have hyatt globalist marriott titanium hilton gold which isn't worth much ihg ambassador mgm gold 
Caesars Diamond, Wyndham Diamond, some cruise ship ones that I only got because I was doing some status match testing. I haven't been on a cruise ship in quite some time. I have Star Alliance Gold with Singapore Airlines Gold. I have a lot of statuses, mostly through status matching. These 12, 15 or so there. Wow. Okay. So make sure you enter all those into statusmatch.com. So uh, these 15 or so statuses you've got, most people don't have that, obviously. I will guess a bunch of those that you're not retaining on merit. You know, obviously through COVID, airlines, hotels, they they extend it for free, right? That's all coming to an end, right? Very few airlines are extending again. Some are, and hotels. Some are, some are not. Some are just strategically doing it. And so there's this thing that I've caught, we're calling it the status cliff, right? So effectively, as of about seven days ago, it started where and I'm starting to downgrade people. And so like we estimate that Delta, for example, on the 1st of February downgraded somewhat is their best estimate, somewhere between three and 400,000 people, right? In status, that's some, that's people dropping to zero. That's some just dropping one level, right? But they're dropping to some degree. And, you know, if you're losing status, it's a tough one, pill to swallow. You know what I mean? You may, you got your lounge access one day, drinking champagne, happy times. And the next day you're thrown to the gate with the, crying babies and it's like it's, it's life is very different at the gate in group eight to board the aircraft so a lot of people are trying to keep their status like whatever it takes so uh, i think the good news is we're going to see a lot of status matching this year opportunities new opportunities because brands are looking at this and they're going if an airline is willing to downgrade hundreds of thousands of customers admittedly these are not active as so active because obviously they'd otherwise retain it right but they're still in, they're still flying right they're still they're still doing stuff they're still still alive right so got a pulse and they're interested in, they're at least interested in it right and so we did we did a survey on statuscliff.com and we sent out to tens of thousands of people we said if your airline or hotel downgrades you what are you likely to do? And as a bit of so it goes through that. 86% of people said that if I'm downgraded, even if it's my own fault that I'm being downgraded, 86% said that they would shift some or all of their business to a different brand. Right. So what that means is some people will shift all their business, and all the business might be one flight a year now, as opposed to it might have been 50 flights a year previously. Right. So keep that in mind. Some business means people they won't do a day trip to meet a client for lunch. They'll just do a Zoom call instead. Right. It could be a bit of that. And most people say that the shift is actually to low-cost airlines. So I think the big winner here is definitely the low-cost airlines because the idea is, well, my big premium brand doesn't care about me anymore because for the last three years, they've been telling me how important and how valuable I am and did all this amazing stuff, and then they drop me just like that. Right? For the first time in my life, I'm going to look at this low-cost carrier. I'll try them. And you try it, and you're like, you know what? It's this big front seat, not that bad. I'll try again. And before you know it, you know, that people what I call disconnecting from premium loyalty, where they, they'll then drop the co-brand credit card of that other airline and they'll just fly based on price or network or some other reason that's not loyalty based. And so the new loyalty becomes price, which is terrible for some of these airlines. Because if you try and compete on price, how do you how do you compete against like Spirit or Frontier? You, you, you can't, not really, if you're a big brand. So there's a bit of risk there. Anyway, I'll point you to this. is the below statue matching this year, absolutely, because a lot of people have been downgraded and a lot of people want a lifeline. And so there's this window of opportunity this year, starting like now, where I think we're going to see a lot of interesting things in the market. I had never heard of statuscliff.com. Is that 
in my mind, it's a survey for people whose status is a, literally about to fall off a cliff. Is that not what that site is? Oh, it's, it's our site. We, we, we just put a survey. We call it a status cliff. The, the New York Times called it the elite status Armageddon. Just the sheer volume of people about to lose it. Because the number of people losing status this year is so high. It's never been so high ever. Status is going down like Titanic. Or like all sorts of like doom and gloom words around people losing status. So just represents a good opportunity. Obviously for travelers that have status or had status and for airlines, hotels, cruise line, car rental, you know, all these guys, it's an opportunity for them to pick up customers, like give them a lifeline where, you know, and get some business out of them in the future as opposed to zero. Yeah. It's a really interesting future for the world of status matching and how if you are about to fall off that cliff with statuses, because people panic all the time. Every December, they're like, I'm about to lose my Southwest Companion Pass. I'm about to lose my Hyatt Globalist. I can't go back to the before times of the past before I had this. What do I do? This could really be the lifeline that a lot of people are, are looking for. So this is fantastic. Thank you. As we kind of wrap up here, with everything that you've learned about status matching and elite programs and loyalty and everything, what would you say is your number one tip for all of the travel hackers, frequent flyers, all the points and miles people who are listening today? What's your number one tip for just playing the game? I'm going to give you a tip that no one's going to like, but it's the truth. Biggest pro tip, marry someone that works at an airline because <laughs> you're going to get cheap or free flights for as long as they work at there, right? Presumably, you, don't, you know, you yourself don't work there. You know, as someone that's had status with multiple airlines and done the points of miles thing for a long time, my now wife, she worked for an airline and changed my life. You know, so I used to fly between Australia and Hong Kong a lot, buying Alaska miles or even Cathay Pacific in business class. Great, great redemption. And there's always availability, but there's even more availability if you can get on the right flights and there's unlimited options. So Biggest travel hack is yeah, trying to get into the system. Try to marry into the system. Marry into the system. It'll change your life in a lot of ways. Actually, to be fair, in some ways, it it's taken less emphasis on points and miles, you know, because it's like, well, I, I don't I don't need it as much now, right? So there's a, li a little bit of that. You know, a lot of staff travel, you can do one-way flights as well for the same, you know, so it's good for positioning yourself in certain cities. So you've got a separate ticket that gets you out of there really great for that kind of stuff it's not for everyone obviously some airline staff travel allows you to add your elite status as well to the booking you, you won't normally won't earn any miles from the ticket but sometimes you can get the elite benefits from it like lounge access and priority boarding and that kind of stuff which means you get the most of both worlds you get cheaper and you get all the status for everybody who's listening to this being like i'm not going to divorce my player too <laughs> To marry a pilot or a flight attendant, what else can I do? I mean, all the airlines are hiring still. It just seems like all airlines are still hiring. So somebody could do a career shift. That's an option as well. Totally, totally. It, it, it changed my life in, in a lot of ways. It opened my eyes to a lot of things, I think, that were out there. That's more of a life hack, actually, than a points and miles hack. It's both. Oh, yeah. My brother-in-law is actually a pilot, and I was trying to explain like the whole world of points and miles to him and his now wife, my sister-in-law, and they just weren't having it. They were like, but we get to just fly for basically free, like cheap, like more free than you're flying for free. And I'm like, yep, that's that life hack trumps my life hack. You just marry someone in the industry. So with all of the knowledge that you've amassed as well, can you give a shout out to like another site or resource or any 
really any resources that you would like to direct listeners to today that have been really helpful in your journey with points and miles and elite status and status matching and everything else. Look, the biggest thing I think has helped, this doesn't help anyone listening, but I've learned the most from meeting people. So not necessarily from reading blogs online or from Instagram stories. Like not, I mean, it's useful, very useful. But I think meeting people with similar interests in real life and, sh- you know, a couple of drinks, you start sharing stories and, you know, that's where the magic happens. The real magic happens. You know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of these hacks and stuff. You, like you think about what you read online, you see on the forums and people tell you, right? That's like the surface level stuff, right? And then every so often there's something pretty interesting that, you know, it's like, oh, I think I know it all now. And then when you meet people and start really sharing that stuff and listening as well, that's like the secret hotel room you're talking about. That's That's the juicy stuff. So I think if I had known that a little early, it would have been even more useful. But I think go out there, you know, meet new people, talk about these things. I mean, that's what travel's really about. Think about it. It's about connecting, seeing new places, new things, new people, talking about things, sharing ideas, share, you know, sharing experiences. That's really what this is all about. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it, right? So more of that, I, I think, is would be good advice. I love that. Yeah, everybody who's like, go deeper on Instagram, like it it's a 30 second video. You can only go so deep. So there's like the Instagram content. Then there's the podcast, YouTube content, which is still publicly available, but at least it's longer form. But then if you do any of like the pay gated stuff, you learn a lot more stuff. But if you come to any of the meetups, which are oftentimes like free or $5 and you find me after I've had a couple drinks, you learn, you learn a lot more of the deep secrets that I would not post on Instagram because I'll probably get shut down if I do that. There you go. So twenty dollars of drinks invested in you is better than than Instagram or any other paid service. Oh, depending on what city we're in, it probably doesn't even take twenty dollars. <laughs> I am a very, very, very lightweight. So high ROI on the travel hacking secrets that you get for like ten bucks of drinks. So then, in that case, you're more than welcome to come to Malaysia, where it's very cheap over here. Maybe we can go under five bucks. Oh yeah. Yeah, I will actually be there in August. So I'll definitely hit you up when I'm there. Speaking of, for everybody else who's not planning to travel to Malaysia, where is the best place to find you if anybody has any questions about statusmatch.com or anything else? How's the best way to get a hold of you? LinkedIn is probably the best. I'm pretty open, connect with everyone there, statusmatch.com. Otherwise, Twitter at Dr. Doot, my handle there. Happy to help answer any questions that I can. How do you spell that on Twitter? D R D O O T. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Mark, so much for coming onto the show. We learned so much today and I'm really excited and interested in the future of status matching and where the industry is going to go and how that kind of plays out for everybody in the hobby. So thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us today. It's been fun to talk to you today too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. 
We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels.